I can handle that. So, the charters, when I point at you, I want you to say the SH word because of my Latin promise to Jesus, okay? Okay. Is that deal. A deal? Yeah. So, I wanted to call this episode Oprah is Full of Shit. But, uh, and because I had to hear time and time again about how being a mother is the hardest job in the world from Oprah Winfrey. And of course, Oprah is full of shit. Because that's not true. It's not even close to being true. So I actually even wrote a bit about it to say that, you know, um, how there's clearly a bunch of other jobs and ev- that are way harder than being a mother. And then uh, even cited coal, coal mining as one of my examples. And then I went to look for a soundbite to use online and saw Bill Burr, the comedian Bill Burr, had a brilliant bit written about it, way better than I could have ever done. And I... I th- Pretty sure I I saw that bit and I just copied it from my memory, eh? Like, it never even came close. So we're gonna call this show um, the Dad Show, and instead of that, and we're just gonna talk about how um, this is the absolute worst time in the history of mankind to be a to be a man, <laughs> and we're gonna do something where the women in the world have have Oprah to toot their horn, and now live from the Dutch Hall is here for us dads. So let's roll this show. Everybody, to live from the Dutch Hall. This is, I think, episode 16 today. Uh, live from the Dutch Hall, I'm your host Pete Van Dyke, and we're having the Dad Show. And today, uh, I have my great pleasure to invite in two of my old friends, old high school friends, actually, um, Jeff Clunder and Billy Slayman. Thank you very much for coming, guys. Pleasure to be You're here. Welcome. Pete. Well, first of all, I think I'll enter. Well, we have to give a round of applause. Is supposed to go one at a time. I kind of screwed that up. <laughs> So Jeff Clunder, we'll start with Jeff. Jeff uh, Clunder is the uh, seventh Clunder of the world. Uh, good Dutchman, comes from a large Dutch Catholic family, staunch Catholic family. Would you call yourself staunch, Jeff? I guess so. Staunch or boring, one or the other. Dave is staunch. <laughs> Charter's is staunch. <laughs> but, uh, muscular. <laughs> good looking. Yeah, good looking, muscular. All the stuff that goes with being a Dutchman. And Billy Slayman, uh, you guys are cousins, right? Uh, cousins of cousins. Yep. Second, Second cousins? cousins? Yeah. My, cousin, my cousin is his cousin. Yeah. And vice versa. <laughs> Your cousin is his cousin. My aunt married his uncle. Actually, and then that works around on both ways. It's really weird. It's really... And, but you're... So you're by marriage only, not yeah. by... Yeah, not not uh, genetically. Well, I guess I'm, I'm sure some way down the chain, I'm sure maybe genetically we might possibly be related. But... Oh, through inbreeding and uh, yeah. Europe... Which is typical European. Yes, yeah. That's it, right. They don't have the same the stock <laughs> that we have. Are you married to a Dutch woman? Uh, no, I'm not. So you decided to spread out the gene pool being a good Canadian, just like I did. I have a Hungarian. Yeah. Well, I'm half Hungarian, eh? Did you guys know that? I did not know that. I ended up, uh, I catch grief over it for my brother-in-law because my wife is Hungarian. Like, she's a full-blooded Hungarian, and uh, my mother's Hungarian. 
And uh, so my brother-in-law reminds me all the time that I should be, I toot the Dutch horn all the time and I need to give the Hungarians some credit. And I said, well, the Hungarians already have a Hungarian hall in Delhi. They don't, but we don't have a Dutch hall. So that's why it's a Dutch hall. I said, <laughs> I, the fact that I have Dutch guests all the time is just because I'm friends with more Dutch people. I, I just recently discovered that there is no real Dutch hall when I, when you invited me on the show, I'm like, what am I getting myself into? So right away on Google and I realized there is no Dutch. I, I think he's doing this in his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I'm, I'm amazed how many people you got in here, by the way. It's an enormous crowd. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's the huge. crowd's always generous. They always, yeah, they're always, really good crowd. Yeah, really, really warm. Yeah. So today also with, with it, you know, in addition to having two wonderful guests, uh, I also have a bartender. And the bartender is my, uh, my good old uh, trusty sidekick, my Glenn, Glenn Humplink, uh, Dave Charter. So thank you, Rooster, for coming. Cheers, buddy. It's great to be back on the show. You got your own soundbite uh, now, too. Nice. It's a rooster. That's nice. <laughs> So Charters is, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Charters uh, loves Jesus Christ uh, more than anyone I know, and uh, staunch, staunch Catholic, uh, he, Dave uh, gave up um, food and drink for Lent, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Not unlike Jesus yourself. So you're, you look like you have a fair amount of energy today, Dave. Like, are you doing okay? Because I'm worried about your health. I'm feeling pretty good. I had a nice... Uh spinach and arugula salad okay with no dressing right i squirted some lime juice on there and actually i had some himalayan salt that i sprinkled on there that is okay how is that okay i just i don't know isn't that I'm, processed somehow by some no, himalayan gentleman it's not processed it's actually dug right out of the foothills of the himalayas it's the purest salt on the earth that's what the internet tells me anyway have you lost weight over all this yeah i'm down I, this is day 30 today I'm down 25 pounds. Wow. Are you serious? In 30 days. Yeah. That's uh, so because you lost it in such a radical fashion, chances are like once Easter comes around, you'll gain it back in the same 30 days. That's what they say. Yeah. However long it takes you to lose, that is how long it'll take you to gain it back, right? Yeah, maybe even more than maybe I'll gain back more than I lost. We'll find out. <laughs> Withdrawal. You know, maybe a healthy lifestyle is the way to go. I was so con <laughs> I was so concerned about Dave's health last week when we had a ladies' night um, that uh, I expressed my concern. To this, there was a woman that was on, really nice guest. She had lost a bunch of weight, and she was a personal trainer. So I asked her to about, to give me some advice about my buddy Dave, who's doing who's only eating raw raw food and water. Is that what you're doing? That's right, just raw food. Yep. What do you do for meat? No meat. You no. haven't eaten no meat at all? Just beans and like stuff? Sushi? No beans. Like raw beans, but no, like not canned beans or anything. Nothing. How have you gotten your protein? Uh, just some raw nuts. Like uh, you can get raw almonds or I have some raw cashews right now. So I eat like a couple handfuls of nuts every day. So what do you do when you go to McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> I scrape the onions off the Big Mac. <laughs> Throw the rest in the garbage. Yeah. What do you do? Like, how do you, um, oh, excuse me. Uh, how do you, how do you like, uh, feel like, do you feel like you got any energy? Like, are you devoid of, like, are you like weak all the time? No, I feel actually pretty good. Do you want to arm wrestle? Uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever beaten you in an arm wrestle, so I probably wouldn't be able to do that today. <laughs> yeah. But I've been, I'm actually, yeah, I'm full of food and energy. So That's I right. would, I think I would dominate. Too. Let's, let's do it. Jeff and I do the uh, color commentary. Yeah, and the beautiful thing is, it's an audio show, so we don't even actually have to do it. We just have to. You just have to be really creative. Yeah, we're all naked right now, by the way. 
I'm wearing socks. You got to give me credit for that. I think whoever wins the arm wrestle should get a, a transport truck, just like on the, uh, what was that movie with Sylvester Stallone? Over, over the top. Over the top. Yeah. Over the top. Oh, yeah. Soundtrack by Kenny Loggins. <laughs> Every movie in the 80s had the soundtrack by Kenny Loggins. Yeah, Kenny Loggins was dominant in the 80s. Either that or Richard Marks, one or the other. Yeah, Richard Marks was the one that got, like, he got my, he's a real, my, a fan favorite of my wife, actually, Richard Marks. With, she saw him at, uh, she went to see him in concert at Sanderson Center. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, so originally I was supposed to have this show. I was supposed to have it, uh, it came about because on Facebook, um, uh, a high school friend of mine, Jason Nagy, um, reached out to me and said he wanted to come visit the Dutch Hall because he'd been listening to the show and he had seen the pictures and stuff and he said, looks like a fun place to hang out and he'd like to come. So I said, well, get a couple guys that we went to high school with. We'll do a high school reunion show. And then he bailed. He, he had a, a shift change and he wasn't able to attend. So I still had you guys coming in. I said, I'm not going to tell you because then you wouldn't come maybe. So I wanted you to keep committing to I'd it. I'd still show up. I owe you a Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he owes me a favor from 25 years ago or something, or 20 years ago, where I was the only person that showed up to a party that Jeff threw. <laughs> and I think I drove about an hour plus to get there. That's right. And I was the only guy that went. So forever, forever since that point, anytime I ask Jeff for anything, he shows up. Right. So <laughs> it's one of those things where we were talking. Payback is a bitch. Yeah. It's like when you know that your wife does something um, stupid and then you can, you can use, throw that in her face for a, a period of time. Well, this period of time with you and me has been tw 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I looked at it and I said, well, I still got these guys. And then Dave decided he was going to be able to come and be our bartender, which I think's great because you have a guy who can't drink that gets the service. <laughs> By the way, the beer tastes great. And I have, um, we have a bunch of different whiskeys and shots and stuff. If you ever want, if you want to try something, because if you want to let Dave know how delicious they all are, it'll make it'll test as well. Just like we have to be the devil. Like Jesus goes to the desert and he has to be tempted by the devil for forty days and forty nights, right? So Charter's just sitting there and being uncontested with his uh, stupid diet plan that he's got. <laughs> where if we can at least throw it in his face that these beers are delicious, then it's it's more rewarding. I think for we meat. should order some wings too. I thought the uh, same thing. Fine. It would be delicious. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Jane will cook, cook something up for us. Are we? Uh, am I understanding we're representing? Um, Dave is a Jesus figurehead? Is that where this is going? Or? Well, Dave's, Dave is our Jesus in this particular thing, but I think okay. that's blasphemy. Closer to Jesus than any of you, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. I'll, I can accept that. I can move. Right. I had a guy that told me yesterday, he says he didn't, I was kind of talking about this sort of stuff, and he said he didn't uh, picture me to be the religious type. He said, I don't, I don't peg you to be the religious type. I said, well, I'm Catholic. You know, the Catholics, by their very nature, we, we only pick and choose parts of what we believe in when it suits us. And then we make fun of the rest. That's how we, that's why I like being Catholic. And you can't get kicked out. No, you can't. No. We get to do it forever. If we get really bad, we go to confession. We're all good. Yeah, right? You can yeah. actually do any, anything you want as long as you say your story after. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I found out, uh, that the Pope is, uh, smoking weed with the iron sheik. That happened. La <laughs> that was last week on Twitter. I learned that. I don't know if it's true, but the iron sheik says it was, so it must be. So, um, anyways, I had you guys in, and I thought, um, you know, I thought, well, I'm not going to do high school because uh, I'm going to save that for Jason Nagy. So, um, and I thought, you know, by the way, if anyone's listening from St. who went to St. John's College in the years that I went there, and, and uh, you want to come to life from the Dutch Hall, and the, you want to come to Dutch Hall and do the high school reunion show, just reach out to me at um, livefromthedutchhall at gmail.com or uh, send me a message on Facebook. 
at the, on Dutch Hall on Facebook, and we'll um, we'll see about getting you in here, and we'll do a high school reunion show in the future. But I think uh, you should have a call in. Give them your one eight hundred number. Yeah, well, do you, you want to call that, in during the show? Yeah, but you know what? It, you say that it's good. What I need to do before I can buy my equipment, I need to do my call-in show, is we need more people to visit uh, my website, livefromthedutchhall.com, and hit the Amazon banner. And if you hit the Amazon banner and you buy what you're going to buy anyways, a little bit of that money that you uh, spent will get sent back to Life from the Dutch Hall, and I can invest in the equipment that will let us have a call-in show, and then it'll be a whole different show again. So thanks for reminding me, Jeff. You're welcome. Because I got my advertising nice out of the Yeah. Don't go to the don't go to Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. Go to livefromthedutchhall.com and then hit the banner. Then that way you, you and right now I don't know if you guys know this, but there's been more there's been more activity and I might I'm kind of rolling in the dough. I have two swear words that I can pay for now. I'm above the two dollar mark. In my, That's amazing. Yeah, nice. two dollars and two cents. Thank you very much. Nice. Look all the way through. So, I was saying, you guys are uh, good dads, right? Like, that's when I thought about you guys coming in. Um, I've seen the way you guys have been with your kids. And I know that uh, I, I always appreciate when I see good dads uh, that are, uh, you know, engaged in the process and really uh, take an interest in the kids. And Because you hear all the time on TV, you always hear people that are like kind of like supporting or, or like they're cheerleaders for the mom and they're telling you that's the most uh what are they the hardest job in the world and all the stuff i got a job that's harder than being a, a mom and that's a mom with a job or a, or a dad with a job or a dad at home it's the same as a mom at home like if you are an engaged parent then you're doing the work of raising a kid and it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or whatever you you, you are you're doing the same work right and uh i don't think it's fair to just put the mother title on that in this day and age like 20 30 years ago it would make sense to say that the woman that's that's staying at home taking care of the kids and taking care of the husband and catering to them like in the 50s or or earlier the man was the king of the castle and the women served him like i'm not saying that was right I'm saying that's, that's the way it was way for it was. centuries. Like it's just times have changed. Yeah, damn right. Like if you look at today, is there a worse time in the history of man to be a man? Like we missed out on everything. We never got to slap our secretary in the ass. We never got to like. Uh, I don't even have a secretary. Actually. No, you don't. Oh, it's good. It's not good. I, there's no such thing as secretaries anymore. Actually, yeah, I don't think that position even no. exists anymore. Like, Secretary, Opposite. I think a secretary died when you couldn't slap him in the ass anymore. They were called something else. Yeah. <laughs> Same time they got rid of typewriters. <laughs> Was that it? I think so. So typewriters, the, the slap in the butt, and the title secretary all died in the same day? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I know. That was a, it would have been great, though. Office administrator is the new uh, politically yeah. correct term. Can't touch them. And, then, and I think the HR department was created about the same time. It was probably in the 80s, eh? Yep. So we had none of it. We don't even remember it. Like I, I work with guys who lived through that era, and every once in a while you get the, the odd story or a wink about it. You know, like that. You know, yeah, guys used to be great. We used to drink at lunch every day. You know, we used to be able to like. Um, our, there used to be a TV show uh, hosted by Bob Eubanks. Remember Bob Eubanks from the yep. from the hunt, uh, the Newlywed Show? Yep. It was called Three's a Crowd, and uh, they had on a guy would come on the show with his wife. 
and his and his secretary, and, and then decide which one he likes better. It would be like the newlywed game. So they'd ask you questions about like who knows the guy better. Oh yeah. And then, but they'd always ask like kind of like risque questions about like who's like like and the girl and the secretary would always be some floozy who would say who would like let the cat out of the bag that she had like blown her boss or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. Go on YouTube and look up Three's a Crowd and see some of the clips from this stuff. It's actually great. They could never pull that off today anymore, but days gone by. Nowadays, um, I think that it's pretty tough. Like, if you're a single parent, um, I got to give you full credit. You know, like, that's that's got to be a, that's gotta be a tough gig because with us, I have two kids. I only have two. Dave's got four. You have th- – Jeff's got three. three. Three girls. Three girls. Beautiful girls. And you have two. I've, I've got two, yeah. So me and Billy are the same. And Billy, you're one of each. Yeah, right? but you know what? Yep. I, I, think, I think single parents have some advantages. What is it? Because they can send their kids off to their wife for a weekend and they can go, uh, you know, have some fun and do whatever they want. And then they get their kids back the next weekend. Whereas us tied down dads, we have our kids every weekend. So there, <laughs> there are certainly some disadvantages to that as well. Right, right. Well, it's truly single, I guess. Uh, wow. That's assuming it's divorce, right? But if um, yeah. if you're just like impregnating yourself or like, then it's a little tough. I've never tried that action. Well, you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. I would. I, I Dave's tried, yeah. and and Pete would if he could. I would if I could. I I would carry a baby if you could carry a baby. If modern science would allow you to carry a child and deliver it. Well, no, you have to be C-section. You don't have to deliver it through your bum or anything. But like, if you had to, like, I think uh, it would be through your penis actually. Oh, was that with your bum? Oh, well, then what happened in the delivery room? <laughs> My kids, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> but would you do it if modern science would allow you to carry your fourth kid? Let's say Teresa was done with three, and you wanted to have the fourth one, Dave, and you could do it. Would you have taken your turn having the fourth? No, I don't think so. You don't want to know what it's like to carry. Human I saw it. It was like three times. <laughs> Not coming out, but just like growing it inside you. And stuff. I don't think so. No, it doesn't no. interest you. No, you, if my Plus, wife, if, I, if my wife saw me having a kid, she'd never want to touch my <laughs> unit again after that. You think that's true? That's so shallow. Unless you'd have to go nine months without drinking. Like this, forty days is tough. Believe me, nine Plus, months, forget it. Plus a breastfeeding time too, right? Oh yeah. yeah. See, the breastfeeding might be all right. <laughs> Would you breastfeed? You wouldn't deliver, but you'd breastfeed, eh, Dave? I don't know. I had to stay home with my kids twice. And, uh, and well, the first time my kid, I mentioned this a little bit last week, but my, my, well, my daughter wouldn't uh, take a bottle. So, um, I had to, I had to like force it or put like, I had to like put breast milk on a cloth and try to feed it to her and stuff like that. And she wouldn't take it. And then, and, uh, I I would have given anything to be able to stick my nipple in her mouth at that point in time, (laughs) you know, it would have worked. Out of the four of us, you probably had the closest experience to like, you didn't actually carry the child, but shortly after childbirth, you were home. Like for the parental leave, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't do that for any of mine. Did you guys? No, were no. You, so you're probably closer to, to that than I think. I think I got three days off. That was, yeah, th- three days. Yeah, I took nine months with both my kids and nine and a half months or whatever. But for us, it was no brainer. My wife's self employed, and I had to, I got paid the same to stay home as I did to go to work. So it was a no brainer. I just, yeah. just did it. Um, I, I was going to go on parental leave, but then my company said, you only get like 50% of your pay unless you adopt a child. Then you get 100% of your pay. Is that right? Yeah. That's so crazy. So I was going to try to work it so I adopted my own kid. 
Yeah. <laughs> Find an angle, right? You got to give it up and then adopt. And I have to tell him later on, I'm yeah, not your yeah. real dad. <laughs> you're adopted. <laughs> Remember all those times you screwed up? That's because you're not my kid. <laughs> With the, I always thought when I was off, uh, like it wasn't normal. Like at the time that I took off, like it was, no one had really done it. I think one guy in my company had done it. And uh, he got, and my boss, my boss who's a real dickhead, by the way, like he was, he was old baby boomer, like, like a uh, real old school, like just a prick. Right. And uh, he would, he told me, I said, I said to him, I said, I'm going to take off uh, parental leave because it made sense for me and my family to do so. And my company I worked for, like they topped up to 95%. So you actually with wow. uh, taxes and stuff like that, you made, you actually took, took home more money being off than you did going to work. So it was, there was no decision to be made. Um, so I let him know that I was taken off and he, they, he made it clear there was only one other man that ever did it in the company and he got fired as soon as he got back kind of thing. And he said that to me, wow. uh, not that he was going to fire me, but that he said like, you got to be careful. And then I was, uh, denied raises and stuff like that over it. And you kind of treated like, you know, you lose your momentum, you kind of build up clientele and you, you build up your, position in the company and then when you take that time off especially twice a year and a half apart from each other you kind of lose your footing and i thought it was because i was a man i was being like discriminated against but being a white man uh, no one really gives a crap if you like no one's going to believe you if you say you're discriminated against you get no pity at all there's no there's no like telethons for (laughs) for white men you know there's no like public interest groups that are looking out for people that are insulting us you know (laughs) we're we're on our own but then I talked to women who who were off at the same time, and they were they, they were basically saying they put up with the same thing. They had to give up the same yeah. position. They had to kind of give up the same thing. You when you do put your family in front of in front of your work, you're gonna your work's gonna suffer. Your yeah. position at work's gonna suffer. I think it's unavoidable. It's just, yeah, that's just the way the nature of the beast. Yeah, I think so too. And so there's not really much it's you can do. Yeah, but now it's a bit different. I think people are more open to it, especially in Canada. You know. You in the U.S. they don't they think they only get three months and well it probably differs state to state but I don't think they get very much in the states do they? I know I have one friend there that I think she got maybe I don't even know if they got three months like they don't get very good parental benefits at all. Canada's pretty sweet. You at least get your EI for like a year, right? Yep. yep. Well, it was only what like five years ago that they switched it to a year. It used to be six months, right? Yeah. 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 It, well, it wasn't that. It was more than that because yep. it was uh, my daughter's twelve and. I got the year then, so it was about 12 years ago. Yeah, because my niece is 13, and she, my sister only got six months. So it was 12 years ago that uh, that uh, that happened, which is still a sweet deal. Even six months is a pretty sweet deal. But in Europe, I think they can get somewhere up, some of them up two years and stuff like that. And you're guaranteed to come back. I think even now, you're, you can take longer than the year, and they can't deny you your job when you come back, but you get an unpaid year or something like that. Like, I think there's some rule. You can't lose your... They they treat us pretty good here, anyways. Yeah. Like uh, when it comes, yeah, to we us. got it pretty good. They just want more Canadians. They're doing everything they can to make more Canadians. Yeah, and uh, Charter's uh, he he's responsible for most of them, eh? <laughs> but uh, but you know the thing about Dave and I did I meant I I meant to mention this when I introduced the the guy with uh, last week. It was the most painful thing in the world that I had to listen to. I, and I know you guys didn't hear last week's show, but the we had some girls that were fairly intoxicated when they showed up and they became, I didn't really know they were that far gone into their intoxication until they started to mention uh, for what seemed like at least 20 minutes, how attractive Dave Charters is. And 
They must have had a lot to drink. Oh, they're te- terrible. I'm sitting here. I got a nice shirt on. I was wearing. I wore a clean shirt for once. I actually. I even put on a little cologne. I. I mean, <laughs> if you had to, re- and they're looking right across, right at me, and they're they're talking about how they how handsome Dave is. And if you line the two of us up, Charlie, you can't even. That was without. They were, that was without a doubt the most intelligent panel you, that you've had on the show <laughs> to date. And I was uh, surprised that you would attract that kind of crowd actually but good for that that was that was your best episode to date in my opinion i was sickened by the whole conversation that they mentioned they wouldn't stop about it eh you just know how it what they say you just know how hot you are stuff like that like i I can't even think about it without being sick in my mouth a little bit (laughs) disgusting maybe it's because you said i write the music for the show i like to boost you up i I like that yeah anyways later on we're gonna have dave do do a little (laughs) Do solo act? exercise for me. Yeah, he didn't bring his guitar today, but when you have ladies' night too, I'll come and be the bartender again. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I think if they see you like in real life, oh, maybe I shouldn't a, come. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I story. should just let him live the dream. The legend of Dave. When we describe you, you're way more handsome than when you actually have to look at you in real life. Even a picture of him looks better than the real thing. You know. <laughs> um. So. I'd say he's, he's kind of a cross between like uh, Brett the Hitman Hart and uh, maybe Antonio Banderas, something like that. See, I was going with Greg the Hammer Valentine <laughs> and a pile of poo. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm still free. I haven't swore yet, eh? No, you're good. All right. So my, my I'll friend, swear for you when you need. Thank you. Thank you. We'll just use that one word all the time because it seems to be coming in handy. Um, what I wanted to ask you about fatherhood, fellas, is that was there a time like when you when you became dads where you said where you kind of had a realization that um maybe that you that this was this wasn't what you bargained for like where you realized like <laughs> is this really what it's all about cuz it's like uh, unbelievable like have you have do you have a moment you can think of where you're like what like what the heck have I got myself into? Yeah, of? every Saturday when I'm at the dance studio. <laughs> <laughs> Are all three of your girls dancing? Yes, yes, all three of them. So how long and, is that? And Jeff, thing? you should tell you. Yes, I actually was one of the dancing dads. You did that so, this year? Well, I got conned into it. Well, actually, no, I bargained for it. I, I actually, I actually agreed on my own terms to to join the uh, dancing dads. But it was only because it was harsh negotiations in the Clunder household. <laughs> what kind of dancing are we talking about? Like, is it is it like you're waltzing or is it no, like hip hop? What is it? It was um, Inner Ninja. Have you ever heard that song? We had to dance uh, to that song. So one of the dance studios nearby, they they put it together. So we had to rehearse and everything. So I had to negotiate. To the only reason why I went in this was so I could play hockey. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's my reason for everything, because I wasn't having enough time playing hockey. And every time I wanted to play hockey, the everybody at the house said, "Well, you're too busy. You don't have time to play hockey." But for some reason, I have time. Everybody to play at dance. the house. Yes, I'm not going to name anybody <laughs> in particular because <laughs> I'm in a house with girls. Yeah, but I have time to dance. So I said, "Okay, if I have time to dance, then I have time to play hockey." So that's how I joined dance so that I could still play hockey. Yeah, yeah. my dancing has not gotten any better. Do you like it at all? The dance? Yeah. No. Do you compete? No, I, I don't compete. It's just a bunch of guys that get together and drink and, and do dance. Do you do the like the end of the year like Yeah, we're recital at the or? we're at the recital at the end of the year. And you dance so, at the recital? So yes, all yeah. the guys go upstairs and have a couple drinks and, and then we get loaded enough that we're able to go out and dance. Do you, is it videotaped? 
Yes, it is. You can buy the buy the DVD. <laughs> I'm on there. Way yeah, at the yeah. way at the very back. They put all the bad dancers at the back. I, I play volleyball with a guy who um, was as a dancing dad, and probably the same group, I imagine. Yep. And uh, he's and he we were having our end of the year volleyball party, and he brought the DVD and showed it to us. He was so <laughs> proud of it. <laughs> and we all had wa- we watched it like I think we he put it on like three or four times that we had wa- sit through. Yeah, it was three I was I was so bad. I even when we got to the recital, I was one step behind everybody else because I was just watching what they were doing and I just copied whatever they were doing. <laughs> well, you didn't practice enough. You should practice more. I'm just not natural. See, you should. I'm done. good, but not natural. If they threw a hip check or two in there, you might be able to (laughs) fall along, right? Billy, do you have any stories? Uh, Definitive moment? Yeah, yeah. Crystal clear, there's one. Yeah, (laughs) what is it? When you bought the minivan? (laughs) (laughs) You lose a little bit of yourself when you buy that minivan. They are really comfortable as soon as you stick your testicles up your anus. (laughs) They sit so much nicer. I love the minivan. Um, The uh, the definitive moment, Jeff knows. I think he's heard this story a couple hundred times probably already. But... uh, uh, basically I, I delivered my daughter on the basement floor. You did? Yeah. What? Em- emergency, uh, sort of. Yeah. You were Dr. Billy. Uh, a mid-husband. I'd like to think. In your, <laughs> mid-husband. In your you house? You hear that term. Yeah. In, in the, it, yeah. On, on the basement floor in, in our own house. Yeah. So you gotta tell the story. You gotta tell that whole. Well, all right. It's, I don't want to drag it out too long. No, just, yeah. We got lots of time. All right. It's, uh, basically Steph went into labor around midnight. I was sleeping. She didn't bother waking me up cause it was pretty mild in that. And then by seven o'clock there, contractions were coming along. So she wakes me up, Billy, it's, this is, it's coming. So I'm like, all right. So right away, Lamar's class thinking of all that stuff. I grabbed the piece of paper and the stopwatch and I'm just timing her contractions and we're walking around the house, have breakfast or whatever. Made arrangements to get my, my son who was like, uh, 18 months at the time, uh, getting grandma came, picked him up type of thing, get him out of the house. Um, yeah. And, and basically it's contractions are like five minutes apart lasting for like three minutes or two minutes type of thing, like clockwork for several hours until it was probably around, it was around noon, one o'clock, something like that. And Steph wanted to labor in the tub for a bit. So as soon as she decided to get out she just kind of turned a bit and apparently that's, we're theorizing all this. Um, <laughs> That's when the baby dropped. Like the baby, the baby was kind of hung up in, in. Oh, and she so she shifted her. Just her position. shifting was enough that the baby just suddenly dropped, type of thing, and then all of a sudden, like she just had to had she, a really heavy contraction. I'm you know right away grab my stopwatch and I'm writing down the numbers and all this, and all of a sudden, like mid contraction, she just goes pushing. Holy <laughs> shit! And that's and Bill's brother Bob is there too. Oh, oh he, he wasn't there quite yet. He, he, he comes in later with the video this. camera. <laughs> 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 so like how like because the baby actually was born right in your house yes and no one of any sort of uh, uh no paramedics arrived before the baby was born and oh. they they were in the and they sent two ambulances like one one for the mom and one for the baby in case anything happens type of thing um and they they arrived so i mean there's now there's four guys in my basement had the paramedics ever delivered a baby before or was... uh, no <laughs> and they, so basically, and all, all credit to those guys, they're, they're pretty awesome. The one, the one guy in, in particular took charge. The other three were glued to the wall. And he just, like, literally had their backs, like, they didn't right, want to look. on the other end of the room. And as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as this guy sets up, they just, they just did whatever he told them to do. But then they're right back at the wall again. Yeah. Um, but they, they were all, they're all awesome. But, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're deciding how they're going to get her onto, this, onto the gurney thing to get her up, up the stairs and in, into the ambulance. And I'm like, no, the, ba- like I can, the baby's coming. And Steph's water never broke at this point in time. She's going to wow. kill me. I'm putting this on, on the internet. <laughs> that's, oh, amazing. Ah, that's all right. I mean, it's, so, that's pretty nice. That's an amazing and, story. Anyway, yeah. So anyways, baby's coming. There's nothing we can do. So me me and the one lead paramedic guy who's just 
basically deliver the baby. And as soon as it started coming out, it was because uh, I was there for my son's birth as well. Um, it was like all gray. And yeah, like, that's that's not right. And the whole like I mean the whole process, my brain's just spinning. Like I'm just yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I I was thinking stillbirth at that point because it was like coming out gray. And Cameron, when he came out, it was like purple, right? Yeah, more, yeah, yeah. So I'm I was kind of losing my mind a little bit at that point. Uh, was she okay? Yeah, she's okay. But anyway, what was it? Just like the, the it was the, the amniotic sac because because Steph's oh, water never it hadn't broke. broke. Oh. Water never broke, so it's still still in the sac. So it's coming out. Then we realize, okay, no, it's just the amniotic sac, and then paramedic grabs it, stretches it out, hands, hands me some scissors. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> they don't teach you this in Lamaze, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you don't cut the baby. Okay, I think I can. <laughs> pretty sure I'm not yeah. going to cut the. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we cut that off and, and peeled it back, which is apparently totally the wrong thing to do. But neither one of us knew any better. Yeah, because um, it's more hygienic to keep it in the sack until it's all the way open. But then, but then, really, that you can actually deliver it in the sack? Yeah, yeah. yeah our midwife was telling us this afterwards. She was grocery shopping, by the way. Oh, in town? <laughs> no, I'm Bamford. Had, oh. had her cell phone off, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so yeah. Anyway, then stuff started pushing again. The baby started coming up, and then we realized the uh, umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck about three times. Holy! So wow, it was girl. just like one thing on top of another, and then and, and yeah. So we got that off in a hurry, which is prob- probably maybe why. Now, what's your wife's uh, attitude like? To she the was because uh, she's got to be freaking like you are. She was yeah. She was kind of freaking out and like talking back to her later. She thought she was losing her mind. I thought she was doing okay. She was like obviously agitated and upset. And, and but she's also got business to do. She's got yeah. like nature to listen to yeah, as well. And, and and apparently she said that I was fairly calm through the whole thing, which I really, truly don't believe. I think that's like, I think she's being very generous. I mean, <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know you that well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In my head, I was definitely not calm. I can tell you that. Um, but yeah, no, anyways, the baby came out and, and, uh, of course it seems like about, about three hours before the baby starts to breathe type of thing. It was probably more like about 10 seconds type of thing. And then, yeah, she was fine. Wow. Now this, did this, uh, this question is going to sound bad, but <laughs> Jeff, you grew up on a livestock farm, right? I was thinking about that as Billy was telling <laughs> yeah. the story. So, like, if it was, you would be better equipped to handle that same yes. situation. I have delivered many pigs on the farm. Yeah, yeah. And I had to reach in and pull a few out over the years as well. <laughs> and when you try to com- <laughs> compare your wife to livestock, it doesn't go over well. But the, essentially, no, it's kind of like a been there, done that type. Yeah, thing. really, honestly, like if it's not this, it's not that we're all mammals. Like we're all. Yep, we have this. It's I, was, I, I was gonna say to the doc, "Do you want me to like reach in there and like get the baby out or what?" But, <laughs> uh, he just put a big curtain in front so I couldn't see anything. <laughs> really, you didn't even get to wow. see? No, not till. Well, my wife had uh, C-section, so I didn't. Get oh, to see oh I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they won't Yeah, I remember well, you were mentioning Lamaze class, and I remember when yeah. we were in our our class, there was only like three couples, and then it was getting near the end. Dave, do you mind shutting the, the second button from the top on that thing? It's just gonna keep yep. buzzing in my ear. But um, so uh, the we, there was only like three or four couples in our class, and the one time we were doing, we we're getting near the end, and, and uh, the instructor does this quiz for us all. It's like a true and false quiz. So she starts doing stuff like, um, you know, true or false. Uh, you know, babies, you know, need a pillow, and you know, stuff like that. You know, like yeah. it was all, and it was, it was pretty, pretty like obvious stuff. And the one question was true or false. It's okay to leave your baby unattended in a bathtub. 
right? That was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I put up my and she says, of course, that's false, right? And I said, oh, I, I put up my hand. And I said, oh, I thought that was true as long as you tied a plastic bag around their head, <laughs> right? was my answer. <laughs> well, you don't want to get the hair wet, right? Yeah. <laughs> keep, the, keep the water yeah. out. <laughs> keep the water out. And uh, uh, I thought it was funny. And the, the other couple's... The dads all thought it was funny, at least. Like, we, I got a good laugh out of it. I thought it was, I accomplished what I was trying to get. Uh, but the instructor uh, didn't see the humor in it at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. They gave us a diagram. We had to label the diagram. Really? Of the, of the female anatomy. And I just handed it over to my wife and said, you know all these. You can go ahead and label these. Which one's your, which one's the little man? There's no, there's no male anatomy we had to label. Like I would have gotten that right. Cock and balls. Like there's not much more to it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember the only, I know, I know the male, I, I went, I said this again last week again, but when I, I read a, uh, when I went to university, I would live with women in in my first year and, and I, uh, one of them had a, I got a tampon book in her thing and they had, a, a tampon box and it had a little booklet in it and it gave it it had the anatomy instructions and that they had at one point in time they had like uh they had a picture of the girl's vagina and they had all the different parts uh labeled and the one was the pee hole like the urethra i don't know is it the urethra yeah. was a pee yeah. hole where the pee comes out i don't did remember the, the, did they label the g-spot on there at all because i still don't know where that <laughs> no is. i don't that's a myth that's like bigfoot yeah, don't even bother looking at it it may it may exist but not in my house, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I went and showed the girls in my lounge uh, where their pee hole was, and none of them even knew because they can't know. With all the folds and crevices and stuff, <laughs> like I don't know how they can find anything. They can't stick their head that far in there. So, Charters, you got a moment where you realize that you, you bit off more than you can chew as far as fatherhood goes? I have a moment almost every day. <laughs> Usually it's right when I get home from work and, you know, the kids are all talking at the same time and I'm like trying to take my, you know, just get in the door and, you know, get in the house. And I, Yeah, I think uh, you're uh, visiting your house is, uh, was uh, part of the um, motivating factor for my vasectomy, I think. Because <laughs> I always wanted four, and then I saw yeah. what four was like, and I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I'm okay. It, yeah. it, is, it is intense at times. Yeah. No, you got great kids. I'm just joking. Yeah. But uh, yeah, mine, mine was. Uh, I have a couple. One was uh, when we went to Florida one year with our kids, and they were. It, it was when you could go to Disney World and still get your kids in free. Like I knew the part where they. They would. It was free to bring your kids to Disney World, and I always liked it. So I thought, I know the kids won't remember, but I wanted to go because I wanted to see their. So at this age, they're like twelve, but you're saying they're four, <laughs> two. And... <laughs> no, it's three under three. I think is free, right? So yeah. my daughter, one daughter was a year and a half, and the other one is like it's like a day before her third birthday. Like I, I knew exactly when it was okay. And uh, <laughs> they're not going to check her driver's license. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's three. So the. Um, we had the flu real bad. The family had the flu real bad. Like, uh-huh. it was horrible. We were in the hotel room, and the there was, like, poo and vomit everywhere. Like, all like it was just one after another. And we didn't know where it was going to come out of. Like, so we laid down, like, the bedspreads from the top of the, you know, like, the, the hotel beds. Yep. We put them all over the ground, like, on the, all over the carpet. Because when the kids were crawling around, we didn't know when they would just, like, suddenly erupt. Poo through their diaper or just vomit or whatever. So... Uh, we would literally be calling housekeeping like two or three times a night saying, we got another batch on the porch for you, you know, just come pick it up. It was just a, 
a, a, a big pile of soiled uh, <laughs> linens that we had done. Bring us another batch. And I remember one time it was so gross. I had like my daughter had had like um, went to the bathroom in her pants, or, and uh, I had to bring. I brought her into the shower, and I was like holding this baby, like a year and a half old baby, to the shower. Kind of like how Michael Jackson held his baby over the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> Similar, but not exactly. So I got her like butt to the shower head. I'm holding her up like that, and her face is facing my face. And then she vomits in my mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's like all that curdled milk vomit, you know, like it's because she's just like bottle fed or whatever. And like you're eating this like it's like almost like cheese curd, you know, it's like in your mouth and you spit it on. Like I had not had the flu at that point in time. I was the one healthy one in the family. But that ended after you, in, you had it and just vomit. You're pretty much in, the, in for the long haul on that one. I also have another story, but I don't know if it's appropriate to tell. But, um, cause you, I have girls, I have girls. Oh yeah. And, uh, I'm going to tell it anyways. What the heck? I want to tell you which kid it is, or even if it was my kids, but you know, it's a story you heard. Yeah. It's a story I heard about a dad who has a bad back and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he was like bathing his kids. Like he liked to do cause he wanted to contribute to the family, uh, chores and stuff. So I was given, or this guy was given a bath to his <laughs> children and, uh, he leaves the bathroom in a real panic state because uh, he's and uh, his wife's like, "What's the matter? What's the matter?" And uh, I'm like, "I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable." She's like, "Oh, is your back sore?" I'm like, "No, no, my back's not sore at all." What I'm I'm never giving the kids a bath again. Or this guy said he's never giving the bath again <laughs> because uh, he got an erection. <laughs> no, oh. no, bro, that's awful. <laughs> no, no. My daughter or someone had done this thing. <laughs> so wrong. Just... Uh, at one point in time, she had uh, reached into her genitals and pulled out the inner part of her genitals ah. and said, "Oh, hey, look, Dad, bubble gum." <laughs> and that's when I tapped out and, uh, and said, "Never, so never again will I ever give a bath to these animals." <laughs> yeah. I can I can say after having three boys and then uh, having a little girl come along, that is a real. Shocker, a real eye opener. Yeah. You're used to doing things a certain way for a long time because boys are like, you know, boys are pretty easy. You're used to it. Yeah, like when you have a boy and he's sitting up in the bathtub and he stands up and he's grabbing his hammer and you're like, yeah, I get that, man. It feels great. But, you know, you're supposed to do that behind closed doors, you know, in your own time. You don't do that in front of people. Like you teach them the rules behind pulling your wire. When a girl's doing it, you're like, well, that's just the only, my only frame of reference with a girl's genitals is terrible. Like, it's it's all dirty, you know? Like, I never, when you have a daughter and all of a sudden it puts it in a different context, it's like, oh, like, uh, it's not the same, eh, Dave? Is that what you're getting at? weird. Yeah. yeah. And let's do feedback. We got feedback. Are you okay with that? Oh, yeah, let's do some feedback. So we got to do feedback. Every week we do a segment we call feedback. We got feedback. So this week's this week's feedback we got feedback uh, is referring to last week's episode ladies night and uh, we did get some new uh, new feedback from uh, from a new listener this week we have oh in this week's episode or this week's segment of feedback we got feedback is brought to you by bracelets for a cure bracelets for a cure on Facebook if you go to Facebook and to bracelets for a cure uh, Maya Van Dyke and Emma Ball have started uh, this Facebook page where they will sell um, the Rainbow Loom bracelets, 
and uh, for a donation, and they will give all the money donated uh, to uh, the Canadian Cancer Society as part of the Relay for Life. And uh, so, if you'd like to go on, uh, if you'd like to go on, what is it called? Braces, Braces for the for Cure. Life. They will uh, take your money and give it to the Cancer Society. And if you don't know how to get it to them, you can always email me at live from the Dutch Hall at Gmail, and we'll make sure to get you a bracelet. Uh, to your liking, if you want to do your sports colors or your favorite team or your kids, uh, your kids' favorite design, they will pretty much make to any specifications you request. They will, they will, they aim to please in order to, for a good cause. So thank you very much for sponsoring my um, my segment of feedback. We got feedback. So this week we have a new fan, and this one, this new fan is called. Uh, let me see here. Let me get this all set up. Uh, Muskoka fan. We have a new uh, a new review from a fan called Muskoka Fan. He gives us five stars, calls the show entertaining. He says, nice to hear local by local, and it helps when you know the people. Great stuff, Pete. So thank you very much, uh, Muskoka Fan. And uh, we also have um, Conroy, Conroy123, uh, Conroy123 is uh, fa- you know, quickly turning into one of our favorites. Uh, he is uh, here every week for us to give us feedback about our show. And um, this week, Conroy has said, uh, again referring to last week's episode, he says this, Why do men have two heads and women have four lips, Mon? Because men do all the thinking and women do all the talking, boss. And he also said, what is the difference between a knife and a woman, a knife and a woman arguing? The knife has a point. And then his last comment was, keep the women out of the hall, General. So thank you very much, Conroy. My opinion of Conroy, one, two, three. And he is a Jamaican, so he's from a different culture than we are. So maybe I don't understand it, but he seems a bit misogynistic. That would be my opinion of Conroy. Also... <laughs> Also, he's also homophobic. He's proven, proven that on previous episodes as well. And our last uh, feedback, we got feedback, is uh, by our very own Haitian dwarf. And the Haitian dwarf, again, I can't say enough about him. He gives me feedback since day one. Actually, the Haitian dwarf, a uh, new, new, um, new uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? Listener. Nothing, something new happened this week. The Haitian Dwarf came out with his own Twitter account. Now Haitian Dwarf is on Twitter. So if anyone wants to follow the Haitian Dwarf, it's just Haitian Dwarf on Twitter. That's a capital H and a capital D. Haitian Dwarf on Twitter. You can find him and uh, follow him. I'm sure he'll be entertaining because he's been only but entertaining to us on the show here. And once again this week, and a Haitian Dwarf gives me honest feedback. He's and, a real super fan, Haitian Dwarf, it seems. Eh? Yeah, he's the original super fan of the Haitian Dwarf. And uh, Haitian Dwarf is one of the only people that, you know, he doesn't always give me five stars. He gives me four stars a couple of times, and he gives me some tough criticism. But he also, so when he gives me the five stars, I really feel good about it. And this week after Ladies Night, he gives me five stars again. So thank you very much, Haitian Dwarf. His comment is, your lady guests were a delight to listen to. A refreshing change from your usual riffraff. This Rooster 2K7 sounds like quite the ladies' man. I bet he taps more ass than an inquisitive dwarf. So thank you very much. Now, I had explained that to my wife. She said she didn't get it, eh? Yeah. Can you explain it to me? Yeah. I, uh, like, I agree that I probably sound after last week's show that I tap a lot of ass, but I don't well, if you're a dwarf, you, f- you picture being a dwarf, right? You're, you're, you're short in stature, correct? Would, that, would you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, 
I'd say that's accurate. And uh, if you're walking around and you're very inquisitive and your eye level is probably at other people's waist, you know, you picture the view that you have from that height would probably be more of someone's posterior. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So if you're inquisitive and a short guy and you're looking right at a, at a person's backside, you might be tempted to tap that ass. Oh, get I get it. Where a, a say, person of me, a person of more normal size might tap you on the shoulder. Yes, but instead, a, a, an inquisitive dwarf would tap your ass, tap you on the ass. Well, he's inquisitive because he might want to know what that you know. How does that feel? Is it is it more like is it uh, firm? Is it is it gelatinous? Is it got a jiggle to it? You know, if you're inquisitive, you might you know the only way to find out is through tapping, right? So it's kind of a double meaning. If you have to explain a joke, it's not very funny. <laughs> That's that's what I've always been told. <laughs> no offense, Haitian dwarf, but uh, us two people I had to explain it to, so try harder for next week. I think we should ask the Haitian dwarf if he's tapped a lot of asses. The Haitian dwarf? Well, that's we we just you just did, and we'll probably find out next week on feedback. We got feedback if you if you put a question out to the Haitian dwarf or on Twitter, Haitian dwarf on Twitter. I mean, he's out there now, so. I wish I could fi- figure out who this guy is. What we're trying to do, I don't, and uh, I'll, I'll say it again with the Haitian dwarf. We're trying to figure out the Haitian dwarf. Um, part of what is uh, he he says is his national sport of Haiti is uh, dwarf tossing, and he's been a part of it. And and uh, apparently there's been some tri- trials and tribulations because it's not widely accepted as an as a sport. So he's been trying to get us to help kind of gain awareness to this issue and. Uh, so what I've made a promise to him is if any of my listeners can figure out how I can book um, a person to, that will allow this dwarf tossing event to happen, I will book a hall in Delhi and create an event surrounding it. So I just need help because I've been online trying to figure out how to do it to try to support. Guaranteed to fill that hall. We need a we're, dwarf. We're fill that call. We, we need we need a well, not just a dwarf. It's not like just getting a short person. We had a person volunteer last week to be tossed, and it's not about that. It doesn't matter of safety. These people are trained professionals. They're like stunt people. You know, they know how to. They know how to take the fall. They know how to be thrown. Stunted stunt people. <laughs> Where's the rim shot? <laughs> there we go. Didn't even see that coming. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. So. That's feedback. We got feedback for this week. So thank you very much, everyone, for your feedback. And if you'd like to give me more, please go on iTunes uh, and look up or give me five stars and, and, and give me a review. Otherwise, if you don't, if you don't listen to the show on iTunes, if you listen uh, on Facebook or on my website or on Stitcher or Castroller, uh, you can always give me feedback at livefromthedutchhall at gmail.com. Or you can uh, reach out to me on Facebook, uh, Live from the Dutch Hall on Facebook or Dutch Hall on Twitter. So there's lots of ways to get a hold of me to give me feedback. And um, we always we always uh, like getting it because it helps make the show better. So the next thing, uh, the next segment that we have, let's just see how much time we got. Oh. All right, we are getting close. Well, let's do a little news. We usually do a little news to see what's going on in the world. So we got a couple news stories we're going to get to. Um, hey, you guys need a beer? I'm up here bartending. Oh, yeah, I've had yeah. no requests at all. Well, yeah. How about you mix me a whiskey then, Dave? Oh, yeah. Whiskey and... There's uh, actually uh, just uh, just neat. that Actually, give me a little bit of that, car- that caramel whiskey. That'd be good for all this. All right. Neat. Anybody so else? Whiskey? I'll, I'll have uh, Ryan Coke. I'm good right now. Oh, yeah, then go... There, there's a, there should be a bottle up there of real of Weiser's, eh? So... Anyways, uh, the news for this week, I, I usually like to touch on what happened in the world uh, around us. Uh, my my own main source of news is in, uh, involves Canada AM. 
Canada AM, I hate it. I, I find them to be ridiculously um, stupid. Like the, the way they present the news is terrible. I yell at the TV every morning with my children. And this week was no exception. I, I, uh, I did it again. So yesterday, they, the news story that Canada AM talked about was Stephen Colbert. You know Stephen Colbert, yep. the Colbert Report on <clears throat> Comedy Central? Thanks, Steve. Um, Stephen, you know the show, Jeff? Yep. Yeah, so Stephen Colbert, he got himself in some trouble with some racist with a racist tweet, and uh, there was uh, there was a racist tweet that was put out by not Stephen Colbert himself, but by his show, by whatever service does his Twitter account for the show. And Canada AM did not read the tweet; they just uh, made mention of a racist tweet. They did not put the tweet in context; they just made mention that there was a racist tweet, and that the people on the other side of it, this case, the Asian community, was outraged. By the tweet, and uh, they did, they started their own Twitter campaign to cancel cancel Col- Colbert, and um, Stephen Colbert dedicated all day's show on Monday to addressing the issue, and Canada M actually had on an uh, entertainment expert to tell the story, and when the guy came on to tell the story, he failed to uh, put any context to it or mention what the what the uh, tweet was about. So I'll read the tweet. And the tweet in question is, um, and I'm going to read it so out. So this was the original t- tweet that started all the problems. Yes. But the, the thing, thing about this tweet is, is that it was, it was said on a previous show as part of a segment that was put in, that was in context. And I'll get to that in a bit. And it was also put on Facebook. It was also, and no one made an issue of it. When it finally went to Twitter, and this is the problem here, they wrote this. And it's the exact same thing he put out three or four times without any issues from anyone. And then this time, because they did a hashtag Asian community and it got sent to the Asian communities, um, like it made... What they're following it? Yeah, what they're following. It, they brought attention to the, the group they're kind of offending by making this point. And this is the tweet. I am willing to show the hashtag Asian community I care, I care by introducing the Ching Chong Ding Dong Foundation for Sensitivity to Orientals or whatever. That was the tweet. Now, it is offensive. Of course, it's not uh, something that people would be happy about. But the context of this is that it's referring to the Washington Redskins. You know, the, Was- the Washington Redskins has been under heat for a number of years. Like, I think ever since I can remember that to change the name because calling your team Redskins is offensive to natives, right? Yeah. Which I think is pretty understandable as well. <laughs> So they, they've been a lot of pressure in, in uh, the last couple of years to change the name of the Redskins. So the Redskins owner uh, says, I'm not going to change the name of the Redskins, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up a museum or, a, or some sort of a center called the, the Washington Redskins Original American Center. And uh, that was supposed to absolve him of his sins of referring to his team as the Redskins. And so in order to, in uh, and, and the, and the, in order to do uh, satire, like they made this tweet as, as saying, "Me, I too want to do something for the Asian community, and I'm going to do this." And it was ma- meant to be ridiculously over the top, yeah. stupid, and racist, so that they could prove the point that this guy is over the top, stupid, and racist, and that therefore it's perfect satire and not not uh, really worthy of any sort of apology once it's put into context because he's actually sticking up for the 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 um native community you know he's not uh just completely misconstrued yeah it's it's it's, this is an example of canada am doing no research 
doing no uh, no background no no background into the issue, put no context into it, and not, they don't even read it. The tweet we're, we're they have no humor, no sense of humor, and no ability to understand satire whatsoever. And uh, and Just so sensationalism is generating. Right. Even my yeah. children got it. Yeah. My children got that thing, but they didn't. They didn't. So. Anyways, another example of Canada Am just missing the boat on it. And, I, and uh, Colbert actually did an awesome job on Monday to refute this. He, did, he ended up blowing up his Twitter account, so I think he was under some legitimate stress. The guy who screwed up was the one that actually made hashtag the Asian community. There's no reason to – if you're going to make a point, the point is not really directed at the Asians at all. The point is to point out the ignorance of the, of the Washington Redskins owner. It's not meant yeah. to – not That's right. So by hashtagging the Asian community, you're like saying, hey, guys, we're making fun of you indirectly to make our point. So you might want to know about it so you can be offended. Like that was, that was the only mistake in the whole thing, I think. But actually, it's good satire. And, and, and uh, he did a really good job of playing it off. So anyways, I, I just thought I was really interested in that story. I'm just jealous that you get to watch TV at 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> it was 8. It was, Most uh, of us are at work at that time. No, no, it's not nine o'clock in the morning. It starts at seven and it goes till nine, mm-hmm. and then re- then Michael and uh, Kelly come on. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I go to work too. <laughs> Actually, I taped this. I taped Canada this morning because I wanted to watch it when I got home, so I could see if there was anything else that made me mad that I could talk about. But that was there wasn't really. There was a couple things. But was, there was a, but anyways, I'm not going to get into. It. We're running out of time. All I really have time for. I wanted to mention quickly that uh, the the strongest world leader. Uh, the world leader that could kick everyone's butt if it really comes down to it. If you put all the world leaders into one ring and say, like, fight to the death, who's coming out on top? You know who's coming out on top, right? It's Val- Vladimir Putin. Putin's the, the <laughs> well, top. Well, he wrestles tigers. Yeah, he wrestles tigers. The guy's a black belt in judo and karate. He's, uh, he's constantly getting his picture taken with his shirt off, riding a Harley or whatever he's doing. The guy's like boss. He's like Chuck Norris. He's the new Chuck Norris. Forget about Vlad Putin. Anyways, he's single, ladies. Just so you know, just got I think to, we should get him on the show. I've uh, I would reach hey. out to Vlad Putin in a second. You know, call I, in. That's the, we got to get the call in going. Oh yeah, he probably would call in. Eh? Yeah. But anyways, guys, go on Amazon.com. Thanks again, Billy, for bringing that up. So go on Amazon.com, buy what you want, so we can buy this phone thing, get Vlad Putin on the show. I heard Vlad, his tears can cure cancer, but he's never cried. Yeah, I heard that he doesn't flush the toilet. He just scares the shit out of it. <laughs> Anyways, um, I hear he can uh, uh, gargle peanut butter. <laughs> wow! <laughs> food. My last story of the day. We're getting close to the end here. Yeah, we're at 15 minutes. So my last story of the day is going to be uh, another Rob Ford story. Rob Ford is uh, God bless him. He's again in the news today. Got himself in some hot water. And you know, my problem with this story today, and in the, in the now, the, the news story that came out today was that Rob Ford, uh, in a recent vote in Toronto City Council, Rob Ford was the only person in council who voted against two um, motions. The one motion was to name a, a street in Toronto after Nelson Mandela. Everyone voted to do so, except for Rob Ford, who said no. And also, uh, there was a motion to congratulate our Olympians and Paralympians uh, for their performance in Sochi. Everyone voted to congratulate them, but Rob Ford said no. He didn't want to do that. So um, his official response to the uh, press was that um, it, was a, it was a long day in council, and it was just a slip of the finger, and he hit the wrong button, and it's nothing to, nothing to uh, make a big deal out of. To what I say to Rob Ford on that issue is Rob Ford 
you have to dance with who brought you to the to, to who brought you there. The reason that you are a household name, the reason that you are a star in the world is because you do not give canned political responses. You don't you don't say what every other politician says. You say something that's outrageously over the top, candid and honest, something that a politician would never say. And the response that it's a long day and I made a slip of the finger is not only uh, unbelievable, it's not what made you a star. I know it's an election year and you're trying to campaign and everything, but in all reality, Rob Ford, what I would do if I was your campaign manager in this thing is recognize why people love you. And the reason people love you is because you're not like all those other politicians. So in order to stress this point, I want to do one last exercise to end the show live at Dutch Hall. And what I've asked is my buddy Dave Charters, the rooster, one more beer, Dave, before you get going for my friend Billy, and then uh, or before you, yep, you this exercise. Her. So what I'm going to ask Dave to do is I'm going to ask Dave to be uh, play the part of Rob Ford in this exercise. And I've put two envelopes um, in front of Dave on his counter. One says uh, sure. Nelson Mandela, and the other one says Olympics. You see those envelopes, Dave? Yeah, one says uh, Mandela and one says Olympics. I got them right oh, here. Okay, one says Mandela and one says Olympics. So I will be the part. I will play the part of the press. And then you give the uh, response to the press. Okay? Okay, yep. Can you do that? I can do that. So uh, you're... Sealed envelopes here in front of me. You're Rob Ford, right? So Mr. Ford, or Mayor Ford. Mayor Ford... <laughs> that's a good impression. I wish this was a video <laughs> show. That was really good. So Mr. Ford, Mr. Ford uh, you were the only person in Toronto City Hall that voted against naming a street after Nelson Mandela. Why... Why would you do such a thing? All right, I gotta open the envelope. <laughs> I hope this works. Don't fuck it up, Charity. Oh, it's, oh that's, a, that's a thing for the church. I actually only did them one. Uh, fuck now. You're doing so good there. I, I meant no offense to Mr. Mandela. To repeat what I said in the statement I made after his passing, Mr. Mandela was a true leader and advocate for freedom and democracy. I am very familiar with the road in question. And I'm offended that city council didn't consider my suggestion to rename the road. <laughs> Buy some crack and fuck <laughs> and fuck a hooker boulevard. <laughs> See that one went over better. <laughs> okay, Mr. Ford, um, that's outrageous. Not only that, you voted against. Uh, Honoring our, our Olympian and Paralympian athletes coming back from Sochi, why would you do such a thing? For it to be implied that I do not support Canada's Olympic athletes because of my vote in council is ludicrous. The video of me jumping around like an idiot when our girls won the gold in hockey is all over the internet. But Paralympics? Come on! Everybody knows the least crippled guy always wins. <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> so, you know, if he would have done that, he'd be in the news right now, wouldn't he? No, that was, uh, you know. He'd be... I, th I think he should hire you. Right. That makes Stephen Colbert look like a saint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? Rob Ford makes everybody look better. Yeah. He actually, Bill Clinton was on Kimmel uh, this week or whatever, and he was saying that Rob Ford's ruined all st uh, Canadian stereotypes. So that there's no, they don't exist anymore, which I appreciate. I'm helping to do that, too. Um, so anyways, guys, I wanted to thank you all for coming on today. Um, it was really a pleasure to have you back. I don't, we don't see you guys enough. Um, I always 
uh, I think you're great guys, and and I think you guys are all great examples of how to be a a, a good dad and involved uh, parent. So um, I just hope that Life in Dutch Hall did its part of kind of bringing attention to the fact that there's good dads out there, and that we're doing our part to work hard too. And uh, I meant no disrespect to the moms out there. You're doing a good job too. Just we, you throw some credit to the white men sometime. And um, anyways, we're going to see, uh, if you want to, reach out to me again, like we said, and give me some feedback. And otherwise, we'll see you next week. So thanks again, and we'll see you all later. Thanks for having us, Pete. Yeah, all right, thanks, Pete. Yeah, bye, everybody. Vasectomy, my clutch was gone.